Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. The singer kind of slaughtered, I want to be your lover. And someone went to fetch a few more pictures. It wasn't all that crowded because the softball games had washed out in the rain. Okay. Um, I think I've probably sat on this long enough. Uh, by the, by the time this comes out, um, I, I'm gonna have a new job. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, it, it's it's exciting. Um, it's designing uh, Magic: The Gathering cards, right? I know that you've been God, I hoping wish. to get that job for a long time. I bet that's Maybe a great one job, day. honestly. Is that not just like volunteer work? People who are just... I assume you just... love magic. They move you out to California and let you get stoned out of your fucking mind and just write down whatever comes to your head. Like, that sounds... It does sound like a pretty great gig. So, um, sounds like sounds like adult swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it will not be that. Uh, maybe, maybe next time it'll be that. Um, I, I'm gonna be doing a, a lot of the same kind of like data analysis and and writing stuff that I do now. I'm just gonna be doing it in the context of a marketing agency instead of a newspaper. Um, but you know, as part of making the decision on whether or not to to jump from this job that I've been in for a year and a half. You know, one of the things you you do is you look at the compensation structure and you look at the benefits and, and stuff that were, you know, that are being offered to you. And, um, you know, I had to I kind of had to look extra hard at it because I've got some travel planned for the end of this year. And there's some hinky stuff with like how my new company, uh, how you accrue and can then use your vacation time. So like I'm probably going to wind up taking a couple unpaid days at the end of the year because I won't technically have accrued enough vacation yet for a big family holiday trip that the McGoeys are going on. But like but those, you know, it it's been a long time since I've had to sort of think about that kind of stuff. Um Yeah, and and I think that um I think I think we all kind of mentioned it in different ways things that we're we're going through in our in our workplaces um but you you were kind of entering this this afresh and so you're being very conscious of of these things which which are benefits um things that you are entitled to by working there and being given responsibilities and everything and I think Max, you gave an example, and and I think we've all had kind of similar ones. And uh, I know for me, I kind of take it for granted. But you had some some critical uh, discussions around a a benefit you had on recent recent work travel. Oh, my per diem. Yes. Ooh, yes. Um, <clears throat> I suppose that, that's, that's a such a benefit. fancy one too. But like it's such an old school one. I think so. I think it's really important to start there. Like vacation in a lot of ways, I think it, not to steal your time, but um, vacation has changed in the way we support it. And like some of the policies that exist now, like the unlimited leave, but like per diem, I think is a great place to start because it is so old school and you kind of saw the old school 
facets come to light. Yeah, I don't know if I see it as a benefit necessarily or just like part of traveling for work. Like if I'm on a work trip, then I see it as just them doing what they can to make the trip not miserable. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I've seen, you know, posts on the internet of, of people traveling for work and trying to save their company money by like eating crackers in the hotel. It's some kind of like, you know, capitalism meme or whatever. Um, I, I think that the, the, the per diem is there, you know, to make the trip not awful. And in that sense, I, I, I think, you, you know, you take advantage of it. I guess it could be a benefit in the sense that it's a fairly generous amount of money to spend on food for a day. So you do kind of get to eat at maybe nicer restaurants. But again, like, I, I think that's a, I guess that is a benefit, but it's also kind of just, in my mind, like necessary to make work travel tolerable. Or the expectation of what work travel is. Yeah, I think when I uh, first like heard about this this per diem thing, I was like, "Wow, that seems like who wouldn't want to just go travel then if if you, if you could?" Because I would hear older employees who are like, "Oh, I have to go travel to the same." Like, okay, well, that sounds fun. And you know, as I get older myself and maybe have a, a home I'm more attached to and have more responsibilities with, I can see how if you add you know kids to that equation and make me do it all the time that. It, it would be nice to to sweeten it some. Or you were like me, and the first time you were traveling for work, that was when you realized um, that your company was pushing things like, well, if we're gonna have meetings at you know eleven a.m., let's all let's fly up day of at five and fly back same day. Um, you know, it, it those benefits are definitely there because work travel even though like even when it doesn't suck it also does kind of suck <laughs> but like the the thought the thought of someone the thought of an employee a a worker level person like scrimping and eating crackers to save their company money on their on the per diem that they were offered melts my brain almost as much as a few weeks ago when we were talking about buying cars and, and we talked about the person who like bought a, a second car when you know bought a new car when they're they were done paying off the loan just because they didn't under you know they didn't know what to do without having a car payment like live without having a car payment so it Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Go well, ahead. I was—I have a less extreme example of it, but I think part of it is that they don't—they don't really tell you what you are for some things like allowed to do. And if you're young, you might be a bit afraid of of setting the balance. Like I remember, I didn't—I didn't realize that I couldn't just take a cab from Arlington to Dallas Airport, which is a long drive for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> yes. And an expensive an expensive Uber. And so I kinda like did public transit as much as I could to get to it or whatever. And I didn't realize that like no one was gonna blink an eye if I submitted a you know eighty dollar cab ride or whatever. And like because for me, the at least with the engineers, the places I've worked it's not easy to travel. Like they like you really need a reason. But once you kind of get past that reason to travel, they'll like let you do whatever you want. But I didn't realize I was like, oh, it was so hard for me to like get this trip approved that I don't wanna I don't wanna use the benefit too much. Yeah, and and so I think that some of these benefits, um, so the the idea of a benefit, like the the word 
the word itself it's like you know there's been a and, and you know benevolent and it's like this is a thing this is a thing done in in good faith well so there are some benefits like i think of leave and having more you know better leave policies or better health insurance and those are like differentiators to to kind of be competitive with other companies and and pull you in uh, and I think, Sean, you just went through that and you thought about, you know, what are some benefits that are going to pull me in? The things that you are talking about, uh, we're talking about here is like justifiable costs that support the direct work you're doing. And so when not only we call them benefits, which I, I think, Max, you're kind of right. Like, is it is it even a benefit? But these are it's the co- literally it the, the cost, cost of, of doing business. Doing business. Yeah. But. When you do that, and then you have people that create this this idea culturally of like, ah, oh, well, you know, what are you doing using all that? Or like, wow, you went out to eat three times a day. It's like, no, this is a justifiable cost of doing business. This is not something that is, it's not it's not coming it's not coming out of the bottom line or our profits necessarily. It's like, no, we can bill our client for this. This is a business cost yeah you had me leave my home where i had breakfast food if you didn't want me to pay for breakfast somewhere don't make me go to milwaukee yeah and i know for me like i've i've really i've, I've like done one work trip ever though it wasn't recently and and i've done some other like work adjacent trips where you have to fly somewhere and they do encourage you to get for instance the cheapest flight but they also recognize you have to fly and there is value to you you not being miserable so it's like within reason do the cheapest flight and again they know that this is a business cost so like they're not like hey well since you all are going what if you just all five of you drive in a car together to to fort wayne indiana and don't don't joke about that not to fort wayne but i have done that i have done a a driving work trip because they decided it would be cheaper to do that it's miserable i i do think yeah i i totally agree with kevin about kind of getting older and more comfortable in my role has changed my view of it i i have shared i have I don't want to say forced was forced to, but I have shared a hotel room with a coworker before. Um, I would not do that again. <laughs> um, but I do think there there is this interesting line between like benefit and cost of doing business. I know this may be a tangent, but uh, my company does a thing where when you go to book travel, like a hotel, they seem to calculate. There's this app we have to use to do it, and I think it calculates like the average nightly price. And if you stay in a hotel that's cheaper than that price, they give you a personal Amazon gift card for the difference. So you can choose to stay in a in a cheaper hotel, maybe making you not as happy, but you get the benefit. So that is kind of nice. Like, I'm actually totally fine with that. I think that's oh, yeah. completely okay. I think the well, company's like, so, we have to spend that's... this much money anyway. If you want to pocket some of it, be sure. our guest. Like, that's kind of nice. And and I think that this, this get, again, goes back to, like, there is the especially with this, this is the cost of doing business. Like they are saying like, we are earmarking an amount of money. We're not just giving it to you, but if you do something that is, if you are a benefit to us with what you're saying, Max, then they reward you. And that like makes, that makes sense. But but I think that, you know, I think we focused on these examples, which are more, more cost of doing business. And I will say, Kevin, you gave an example of like, when they are giving you money to do this thing, 
then it is yours. And then it's, you know, it's kind of like they're reimbursing you and anything else is, is good. So, I mean, that is maybe closer to a benefit because somebody is giving you just money. Um, but there are actual benefits too out there, you know, be it, be it leave or, or family leave or sick leave. And I think that that is, that is in some ways murkier water because I know I've, especially as I've, I've grown and, and moved up in, in my company and stuff, um, I actually get more leave, but I think people use it less. And, and some of, some of the things there with like using the fullness of your benefit, but then feeling like you are running against trends and you can't move up that, that gives me a lot of pause and concern. I'm really glad you said that because the the biggest lie in American corporate benefits is two words long, unlimited vacation. Yeah. It's well, it's scientifically proven that employees at companies that offer quote unquote unlimited vacation plans take less vacation. So companies are are saving in that way, they're they're saving, quote unquote, in the sense that they're getting you actively working for more time and they get the double savings of they don't have to then pay you out any vacation when you leave. So yeah. like it, that's I, I was this is a conversation that I was having with someone at, at work today because in, at the RTD editors have been. I don't know if this was like a recent change, but editors are on unlimited vacation. Oh, <laughs> um, and and us us grunt level folks very much are not. Um, and I'm about to get paid out vacation days because of it. Um, but yeah, that was that was my my pre journalism job. My manager had to like pull me aside and say, "Hey, you need to take more vacation." And so, like, you – it is, like, a psychological trap that sort of relies on on someone kind of guiding you along and giving you a nudge to say, hey, this is okay. These things are here for you to use them, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, 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 Go ahead, Max. I was going to say, I, I do example. believe the, the general, like, statistics. I think on average you're right that, that in general, like – the companies that offer unlimited time off company like employees take less i think it points more to like the culture of the company rather than the policy itself like i know companies that get four weeks time off but the culture is you work 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 and you don't take it off and i know people that work at places like that yeah uh, even within my own company which is fairly large it's on a team by team basis so like i can only speak to my team my boss leads by example pushes people to take time off and I know that people take a good amount of it, but I've heard from, you know, anonymous feedback and other things within the company that there are even other teams within my company where the norm is to not take time off. And if the if the boss is not leading by example to your point or reminding you to take time off, like people don't necessarily people don't take it. Do it. So, that's gross. A question about that with like the lead by example. I think one thing that's tough with that is that it's still like about a, a total amount. So like, is it evident that you're that this person who's leading by example is taking more than you know three or four weeks which is kind of what would be a normal 
Uh, tech, my boss goes a normal to tech bucket or whatever. My boss goes to Greece every year for about three weeks, and then he takes additional time off on top of that. So I feel like that's yeah, that's a pretty good. I, it's it's less about, and that is the other thing with unlimited time off is you begin to realize that with salaried employees, taking off a Friday here and there like does not really affect the work you 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 do in a given. So we do sprints, but it's like the point is like you're not really measured on the amount of work you do in a given day. It's the amount of work you do in some period of time. And if you take a Friday off, like, you're probably going to make up that work. So I focus more on people who take full weeks or multiple weeks off at a time. And that's that's really where I think the leading by example can count. Because um, taking off a Friday here and there, like, if you're being, I don't know, if the company is getting upset with you for doing that, like, that's, that's probably, again, that's a cultural thing and not necessarily, like, is it really affecting the amount of work you did in a given month? If you took a cup a Friday or two off, like almost certainly not. And if you're happy that your company is letting you do that, you're probably going to make up the like, not the time necessarily, but the productivity somewhere else. That's yeah, my, logic. my inclination, even after getting the nudge to take more vacation, was still to structure it largely as like a series of three day weekends. Yeah, and and so and that and that's we're spending a lot of time on on like traditional uh, paid personal time off paid time off um and do you want to get to other aspects that i think are related but i think that one thing that comes up for me at work and i i try to encourage younger people all the time and, and one of the ways i do that is i talk about leave that i am planning on taking and like you know wanting to know when they're taking it and you know mm -hmm. so we're not stepping on each other's toes but also encouraging but but there's a term that we use and i really dislike it but it's like disconnecting if you're just taking a Friday or a Monday off, you're probably still going to check your phone. But like when I go for a week or something, like I, I think I forget if I brought my computer or not when I went to Oregon recently, but I looked at, I would look at my phone like at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. And if someone texted me and I told people this, it's like, if something is really amiss, text me, I will see it when I see it. But like, I am trying not to be pulled into this. Now, the easiest way is to travel internationally. And if you have a job like me, you are not allowed to bring your stuff with you, which is great. So I encourage that. But <laughs> but it is, it's not just encouraging people to use that benefit to come back to that, but like to really invest in it, to like really take time and use it what it's for, which is to theoretically make you a happier employee. And if you're not really, you know, it's like if you have if you have the smallest smallest bite of a chocolate bar every every now and again like are you really getting to enjoy the the chocolate bar if you're just having if you're just having a a little little tiny uh taste taste spoon of ice cream are you really getting to enjoy it it's like no i'm not saying you should have a scoop every day but like you know have have some scoops <laughs> you know get, get out there with that but um i also wonder with with this you know we're talking about the culture of that like kind of pressing people to to not use all their leave in said or unsaid ways um but there's also some other stuff that exists that isn't just isn't doesn't doesn't match i um in like where we are in, in the world now um i learned just this past week that until this year um, 2023, for instance, Delta did not offer any um, paternity leave. And I'm using the term paternity leave, not family leave, because that's what it was said there. But it is also only two weeks. And there's also my first job had unlimited sick leave, which 
someone apparently did abuse right after I started. It was a very awkward circumstance, but I didn't work. This is not a company I worked for for a very long time. It was very weird. But Kevin talked about, you mentioned that where you work has a bunch of sick leave. And I wonder too, if it's like, there are, there are kind of like archetypes of, of how the American worker works and we're kind of in a different place now with like leave and sick leave plus two weeks of leave. Like when you went on two family vacations a year and then your kid would get sick and you'd need to be home, that makes some sense. But I don't think people work as, or it's different now. I mean, we're, we're working on breaking a really, a really nasty habit that has been imparted to a lot of American workers and, and Max, you were, you were telling this story before we started recording about using your per diem on a work trip to, to drink fancy whiskey. Cause you had it left over at the end of the day and a coworker was very uncomfortable with, you know, with sort of stepping up, you know, to the top shelf and, and, and spending more money. And it's just like this habit that has been beaten into so many American workers, of uh, it is you it is your responsibility as a grunt level employee to also act as an accountant for the company you work for and track you know make sure that you are minimizing costs incurred by the company no the fuck it's not there are they have people that they pay to deal with to track and to optimize their costs and if you are not doing it appropriately they will tell you yeah and we also like to put it in perspective like it was a 50 dollars glass of whiskey and we do try to reduce our our cloud costs within my department my department has maybe 20 or 30 people and we spend roughly ten to fifteen thousand dollars a day on AWS costs, <laughs> which we are trying to reduce. Jesus so, like that Christ. is on us to reduce it. But when you th- put it in that way, it's like a fifty dollar glass of whiskey. Yes, like, is that, but is that really going to do it? <laughs> and I think that that is also part of the the naivety that I was talking about when I started. I was like, oh, like oh, I hear yeah. the company talk about how like things are tight, and you know they wish they could pay the engineers more, but they can't. And you know maybe if like you know, somewhere, maybe if uh, everyone yes. does the same thing and then I come to realize, no, it's like, like Pierce said, it's earmarked. There's different buckets. No one has, you know, they have nothing to do with each other. And then that's kind of when, since I've been like, yeah, I, well, I'll use what me. If so I ever take on, a work trip again, which I probably won't. So, so I, and, and I'm kind of glad here that we're not focusing in on the, the, the family, the family leave policy. Cause I've, I've had some very awkward conversations around kind of the, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the four childless men are fucking unqualified for that discussion anyway. So I've talked to – I have actually talked to a lot of coworkers who have had children to understand like – what is it like you know what is i'm like i've seen this study from from northern europe where they say that women who take a full year which is available to them end up being two years behind after that and i've i've talked with a woman i work with and and she's like i'm effectively a year behind and it gets harder and harder to come back but because 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 it's a benefit you have to start thinking about how you might use the benefit and the culture around the benefit and it's and i think that that becomes you know difficult and i i said this to say that i was i was glad we were not talking about it but um it 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 does go back to um i think what kevin was talking about 
and like these personal benefits, be it a per diem, which is a cost of doing business or an actual benefit and people, you know, not using them or encouraging you to, oh, why are you using all of that? And it's, it's really the same thing as like your, your personal carbon footprint, you know, to Max's point, the $50 of whiskey, which sitting together with coworkers late great, at night great is conversation epic. yeah like, exactly solve some some like a yeah. pretty good problem <laughs> or it makes you like your job more too you know yeah but but like your your personal carbon footprint is nothing compared to the business costs or how much cardboard is being generated by you know exxon when they're shipping stuff around like they really need to to recycle it's great if you do if it makes you feel good but it is not it is is negligible in its impact so i mean i think that that's important too and it filters down i was trying to think of, of a good example that was not leave related and i have a a uh, dental policy at work and and health health is hard but like uh, to because there are so many different avenues but like there is one available dental plan and i pay for it every month and one thing that it includes is three visits per year do you know do you know who encourages you to come to the to visit three times a year no, no one the it's dentist. Six, certainly not dentists well, the dentist doesn't because, I mean, I think they still get paid, but they want you to come every six months. They're, you know, they're filled up. They don't want to see you every four months. And, uh, you know, that's, that is more that they have to bill and billing is very annoying in America's stupid health, health insurance. I, I get three cleanings, but only two exams. So the third one is just for the, if I want to go and just get a clean, like that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't looked Don't at it. Don't you dare look that, at my teeth. I haven't looked covered. at it that closely, but it probably, it probably is that. And I mean, when you go into the dentist's office, especially people are like, I will only do the thing that is covered. And, you know, maybe we should lean into that more. You should be like, I want exactly to the limits of this benefit. But, you know, there's an example of one that you, you like, don't use though it is absolutely yours and i mean in that you know you're you're not hurting you're not uh disrupting the culture of your workplace by going to the dentist one more time you just are like ah, i don't really have time to do that no one's encouraging me to do it yeah i think those those fringe benefits there's a, a you know companies big companies have a lot of these where i think they're just trying to throw stuff in like if it gets two people to stay then like that's good like there's uh you can i can get like some type of legal coverage if i want to opt into it and you know, my brother told me he's like what i do is i just got it for one year and then like wrote my family's will and then we like that paid for it and then the next year i dropped the coverage I was like, okay, that, that <laughs> yeah good. that's that's a very smart idea that's like you know sh shutting on uh, turning on and shutting off streaming services as dictated by the seasonalities of the shows that you want to watch that like it's right. it's a little more effort but like I, right, it's but I not mean, a bad I, way I bet that the benefit costs the company basically nothing to offer mm. because we're still paying for it every paycheck and if it keeps <laughs> if it keeps a couple people around then because they really like to have it and maybe a different company wouldn't offer it or you know they wouldn't well, they would leave and and the two of you sean and kevin you've just gotten to i think really the key key part of all of this which is these are benefits and the, to get the most out of them which is the big behemoth it's it's nothing to them but it takes effort from you 
to utilize this thing that is yours. Like it is, it is actually yours. It is yours to use. And I don't know that like, I, I don't know if it's uniquely American. I really should look in, in other places like Japan and China, their work culture is different. And I think they have fewer, you know, we have what we have however many federal holidays here. And, you know, that's fewer than they have in like the UK, for instance, and, and then France does it differently, but uh, places that are similar to the U S and work culture, I would be interested. But if, but the idea that the American work culture is you have these benefits, you don't have that many and to really get the most out of them. And we, we all work, the four of us work in really great jobs that, that have benefits. There are pe- plenty of people who really have very few, but, um, you know, the idea that it takes so much effort to use them, that, that feels antithetical to what benefit should be. Um, like I, you know, I'm a member of a, of a garden here and I get six, six tickets to, um, for guests to go every year. Why would I not use all of those? And I think they want me to, because that's more people that go to the garden and might become members. Um, and they send them to me, their physical tickets so that I can hand them to people. Um, why, when it comes to work, are these benefits hidden behind like microsites, as we co- sometimes call them, where where I work? Um, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Build a microsite, run up a few extra dollars in AWS costs. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, that's that's truly exactly what it is. Is they create this site, it doesn't cost very much, and everybody uses it, and it's impossible to find. Like I was trying to. I was trying to look the other day, like when the 401k um, vest that happens every year, when that occurs, incredibly hard to find. I know that it happens in June, but I don't, it's not written down anywhere. And it's like, wouldn't you want to know like when, when that is, isn't that like a thing you should celebrate as a benefit that you give people that you match their 401k. And it was, I, I still haven't found it. I just, I found it once and then I couldn't find it again. (laughs) All right. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts they want to get in? If not, then I'm thinking it's maybe time for us to move on to Pierce is sorry. So uh, what are you apologizing for today? Um, so I did not. So last week there was the uh, crawl space kerfuffle <laughs> and I had written something down that I was going to talk about before that. And you'll recall that that had to do with buying too many potatoes and onions. Oh, we will. Um, yeah. Uh, I, well, I wrote something down before that, that I was going to apologize for. It had like come to me, I think, cause I've, I've been rewatching good eats, which we may get to at a later date, but um, it reminded me that one time in college, um, I was at someone else's apartment and we decided we we're going to make dinner. And this person had two other roommates who were terrible people. So I didn't really feel bad about the inconvenience caused them. But in a, in a greater sense, um, I think at least one of them wasn't terrible yet, but the dinner that we decided to make was, uh, like French onion soup. And that is something that you sh- what I am sorry for is failing to warn the other people that live there that uh, a French onion soup was going to be made on a particular evening because that is something that onions smell good until it becomes overwhelming. Um, and, you know, I did not live in that apartment. 
uh, but other people did. And so I could leave and they could not. So if you're going to make uh, onion soup for someone or with someone in a place that you do not live, understand who else lives there and inform them accordingly. Don't be a terrorist so. about it. <laughs> don't don't be an allium terrorist. <laughs> All right, that was wonderful. Um, that was that was an excellent apology. Um, today's big idea from pop culture is uh, something that happened to me earlier today. Uh, I. I'm not sure how extensively, if at all, I have talked about this on the pod before. Um, I am, you know, I've played the guitar as a hobby for about 20 years now. And I have this habit of um, sort of cycling through musical equipment and using it for a while and then shuffling it on somewhere else to make way for something new. And uh, I just literally like, you know, three hours ago, uh, sold some stuff to uh, like a teenage young, young fella who told me that he had been playing for like two or three years and was just now sort of moving from like kind of cheap beginner um, digital modeling stuff um, that does sort of cut rate emulations of quote unquote real things um, to actually like getting an amp and and you know trying to to find some some nice quality stuff to call his own. And I was like, that is awesome, man. I'm kind of like, I'm going a bit in the opposite direction where I've moved into this new space that's smaller and is old and sound bounces off the walls really easily. And I'm like, I don't have a lot of use for, you know, a guitar amp and stuff that makes a lot of noise, but I've discovered <clears throat> like kind of high quality digital emulation. Um, and I just like it. Something about that crossing of paths made me really happy today. Um, I like got back in my car in the public's parking lot where we met up. He like he came with his mom. It was it was just, everything about it was great. Um, he was like super polite, uh, and I don't know. It just it hit me in the right spot today. Uh, so I I think you know they're they're. I was feeling a lot of like beauty in in the sort of sustainability of being able to to pass this thing that I like on to someone else who I know is going to be really excited about you know giving it new life and continuing to use it. So I, I was also reminded as you're going over that like the in. I'm losing, I'm losing my edge uh, by LCD sound system when he's like, <laughs> like I, I heard your band is is getting rid of their uh, or what is it? Sold their uh, guitars that, and they bought turntables. Yeah, they sold their turntables and are buying guitars. Yeah, and yeah. the and the 
bit before that is I hear you're buying a synthesizer and an arpeggiator and are throwing your computer out the window because you want to make something real. <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, I, yeah, it's, this is, it's, it's in cycles forever yeah. and always. Yep. Um, all right. I need it in my life. We didn't have it last week without Max. It's trivia time. Yeah. All right. So. The numbers are in. Oh, God. The American Kennel Club. Oh, man. Yeah. Every year, the American Kennel Club releases their ranking of the most popular dog breeds based on American Kennel Club registration statistics for the previous year. For the first time since 1991, 31 years, the Labrador Retriever is not in the top spot for the 2022 most popular dog breed in America. So my question today is what dog breed took the number one spot? And I'm going to, I'm not going to give you options, but I'm going to give you a pretty good hint. So this dog breed was the number two spot in 2021. It was the number 14 spot in 2012. So in about 10 in, not in about in, in the last 10 years, uh, registrations for this dog have increased over 1,000%. So what dog breed, for the first time in 31 years, dethroned the Labrador Retriever as the number one most popular dog breed in America? I feel I could give options, but I don't I don't want to spoil the options. So. Yeah, I, I saw this, and I've now forgotten it, so I'm going to be really upset when I inevitably get it wrong. Oh man, this is one of those where it's like, is it just because I see it? I guess I'll go the, uh, I'll go Golden Doodle. It's probably not that popular. Um, I, I think it's a Golden Retriever. I'm going to feel really stupid if I come in swaggering like this and I get it wrong too, but I'm pretty sure it's the French Bulldog. Sean is correct. Okay. They can't breed on their own. Stop buying these, you fools, you idiots, you scoundrels, you rapscallions. Stop buying them. They cannot do it themselves, literally. So the number two. That's so bad. Number two. You have to get palate surgery. Number two, Labrador Retriever. Number three, Golden Retriever. Number four, German Shepherd. And number five, Poodle. Um, But yes, the the key here being that the the Frenchies kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, literally out of nowhere <laughs> I, I figured it wasn't because i thought golden retriever was number one for the longest time and maybe it was being lumped in or whatever but i i knew those were those have been popular for just for forever so they I are they are the habsburgs of dogs of french bulldogs yes. yeah down to the point of like they have to get palate surgery like soft yeah. palate surgery in their mouths because their mouths are messed up <laughs> like it's very sad like it is like it's very sad like people should i'm not even on a steel box but like from a from a scientific perspective people should stop buying them it is bad these dogs do not live a good life even though they seem very happy they don't don't do that um i'm upset even though i'm even though i'm like yes the correct answer damn it (laughs) oh making my move i am making my move in this trivia game boys i'm 
I'm telling you, if you go to the dog park, there's like there will be circles of people, and it's the bulldog <laughs> group, both French and English and, and American, and they're like, oh yeah, they're going in for their surgery, and the fact that it's not a specific surgery, it's their surgery because Jeez. like it's the one. Our Boston dog park had like a had like a like a French bulldog like a club or whatever. There would I feel like there would always be like these six of them hanging out in the corner. <laughs> it's just like. What? Oh, all right. <laughs> on that note, that's the French end of the gang. show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. But they're scrunchy little faces. Oh. Thanks for listening. Carlos is crying because he didn't tell his girlfriend that he stopped showing up at his job in the morning. And it's been a few weeks, and he knows it's not sweet. And he's sobbing and shaking, and all I can say is, I love you, I feel you, I know that you're hurting. You're scared for your sister, you haven't been working. I love you, I feel you.